the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Bankruptcy. It had to be this way. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Monday, May 1st in the year 2023. This year is absolutely flying by. If you didn't get the newsletter, you should get the newsletter. Let us know if you're not signed up. You can go to the website and sign up. It went out yesterday, and the announcement that the Bards FM t-shirt store, Bards Nation t-shirt store, is now opened. Our first two designs are available, and we'll have many more to come. So this is kind of a cool beginning and launch. It's taken about a year to get here to source our company. We are using an American manufacturer that is literally dirt to shirt, meaning they grow the cotton themselves, or they they source out American-grown cotton. They have it all dyed and manufactured here in the United States, which has been a hard find to do, but they're a great company. And over this last year, as God has led, I've purchased all of the equipment so we could have our own t-shirt printing shop, which is now set up in Arizona. And so we have an in-house t-shirt printing capability for Bards Nation. So these are all good things. And this is kind of the spark and the encouragement of corporate getting away from the corporate yoke, right work, and using a one of our fellow Bards Nation great people, Bear Armad, if you know who he is. And he is now running the t-shirt shop down in Arizona. So this is fantastic. So I really encourage you to check out this store and on the website, that's bardsfm.com. You'll like it. And we're moving forward here, lots of orders coming in. There's going to be a lot of neat growth as we go forward. One thing up front, Patriots, to really keep in mind, in this crazy, insane, ridiculous time, and it is, we are dealing with maniacal crazies, no other way to say it. And these people literally want to see the end of the way of life in which we have. We don't know what they're up to, but we know that they're trying to push for third world war if they can get it. With that, I would just encourage you to take caution and protection of any of your electronics that you have. One of the best things to have for that is EMP Shield. EMP Shield is a fantastic product. I have it on all the vehicles on the, or putting them on the house. They even have them for generators. You can find that at empshield.com. And if you use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S, you're going to get a nice discount. I think it's about $50 per unit. You get free shipping. This is an American-owned company, a veteran-owned business. It's 100% American-made. They've been tested at the finest labs in the country for EMP protection. And they work great by all the, everything that we know. It's the best product on the market to protect against an EMP. And we know that that's the one thing that they would love to see happen, to bring us back to the Stone Age, which I wouldn't mind living like an Amish, but I'd like a little transition time, I'll tell you. So anyway, check out empshield.com, empshield.com. It is designed to handle all three levels of EMP, and that includes solar flares, that includes lightning strikes, and it includes man-made insanity that can go along with that. 
So EMPShield.com, EMPShield.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Get a nice savings and free shipping, and you will not be disappointed. Patriots, I want to begin tonight just with a perspective of where things are kind of headed. Uh, We are in a very, obviously, pretty crazy time. But it's also not only where things are headed, but how people have begun to accept the direction in which we're going. We are being forced into a new society. And in order to get there, they're going to have to bankrupt everything along the way. This new society is all centered around small, or I should say luxury prison camps, what they're called 15-minute cities, where they're going to herd everybody in there, keep everybody contained. And the problem is that this vision is becoming so strong that people are now beginning to accept that direction and now trying to position themselves for it. Take a listen to this short piece. The World Economic Forum admitted on video that they're going to replace you with artificial intelligence by the year 2030. Let's take a look. All entities in the world, after thousands of years, during which humans were the rulers of the, of the world, authority and power will shift away from humans to computers, and most humans will become economically useless and politically powerless. Already today, we are beginning to see the creation of a new class of humans, the useless class. As I said yesterday, they're building a society of haves and have-nots. They're going to replace the middle class with artificial intelligence and automate as many jobs as possible to force the middle class into the working poor. With artificial intelligence taking many job opportunities from the middle class, as well as rising interest rates, families will not be able to receive financing for their homes. It means they'll be forced to move into these single family rental properties that Blackstone and other large asset managers are purchasing, which will be tied to your digital ID, your C credits, and your SC credits. These rental property homes will be located in 15-minute smart cities, which will be ran by artificial intelligence. If you do not believe that this is happening right now, I've included articles on my Twitter profile, which you can find by the link in my bio. So how does the average middle-class family like yourself prepare for such an event? First, you need to understand fully what this new society will entail, the kind of solutions they offer, and the kind of problems they create. And you need to invest in your education to ensure that you are one of the skilled workers in this new society. The problem we have here is too many people have come to accept that the narrative, which is being pumped into everybody right now, and it's around the clock. You've got Harari, who's like the psychopathic evil ruler of the world. Well, he's I think he's Klaus Schwab's bed partner. But either way, they are pushing this narrative that there is no escaping artificial intelligence. And we've talked at length about this, and it will be a continuing issue as we go forward, because unfortunately, people have succumbed to the lures of the shiny silver object and are contributing to our own enslavement. All of those that are using artificial intelligence because it's faster, easier, what we're seeing is a rapid decline of capability and really cognitive capacity or capability within the human genome. When artificial intelligence now is being used for everything from photo shoots that are almost non-distinguishable from real photo shoots. This is product managers are doing this. Product concept managers are using artificial intelligence to design new product lines. We have people using it to write papers, do their homework. 
All of this apparently to seek our higher self. What I will guarantee what is happening is there will be much more idiocracy to come. People will be dumber overall. And we will definitely see an increase in the donut warriors and the couch potatoes. That's going to happen. And unfortunately, Jenny Craig has been going bankrupt, so there's not going to be that many places for them to go get their diets anymore. So all of this plan as they're pushing forward is a plan that not only are they telling people, but people are reacting to it and saying there is no future other than this, as you heard him say. How do you prepare? Well, preparing is not about complying. It's about defying. So that part is just to understand the momentum, but definitely a solid picture of how they're going to go about it in trying to use this increasing issues of loan costs, inaccessibility to finance homes, and slowly degrade people's buying power to force them and bring them into these new mega cities. Remember, President Trump has said they're going to build 10 new freedom cities. I I have yet to see anything other than the fact that that sounds a whole lot like a 15-minute city with that's owned by corporate people and is completely controlled by artificial intelligence. That's what it's sounding like more and more. But we are definitely in a period of bankruptcies, and it's happening, and it's it's going to be continuing to shake the economy. Our our national debt is exorbitant. We're something like $37, 34000000000000 trillion in debt right now, and it's growing. Even though they've raised the debt ceiling, or at least it's in debate, Janet Yellen has already said that the U.S. will run out of money by June. And in that case, what that happens is we will default. I will tell you, you can expect that there will be a default at some point. And the reason for that is that's the only way that they can shake up and justify the transition into this new digital currency. There's some various discussions out there right now on the FedNow system trying to argue that the FedNow, which is coming out in July, is going to be an alternative to the SWIFT system, which is currently a central banker system for moving money globally. And it's all through the central bank system. So the argument is that FedNow is actually a good thing. Because the Fed now will now allow it to be a sovereign transaction rather than a global transaction. The only problem is it deals with the Fed, which is anything but a good thing. And it starts working with bank consolidations, which is anything but a good thing. Over the weekend, we had the final collapse of First Republic Banks, which was a massive, massive collapse. And that bank has been now, that banking group has now been sold over to JP Morgan. Now, this shouldn't surprise anybody when you start to watch the maneuvers. What did Apple just recently do? And my argument is that all of this is known. J.P. Morgan's trying to tell everybody that the banking system has never been more solid. The problem is that that's everything else is happening to show that it, that's not the case. But what we're definitely seeing is consolidation in power and banking control. Apple has offered four and a quarter percent interest if you move their money into this Apple Pay banking relationship. And who's their partner? J.P. Morgan. So you're seeing the big six, J.P. Morgan being one of them, starting to grab up these regional banks. And it's being done in coordination with the Fed and the F- and the Federal Trade Commission that are now coming in, breaking the coming into these bankrupt regional banks and then selling them off at pennies on the dollar to the big six so that soon all the banks in the country will be pretty much eliminated and you'll have the Federal Reserve and the six banks, which will control all transactions through the normal means of transactions. And that means that they'll be able to track your money. They'll be able to track every one of your expenditures. That's what they've been doing. If you pay attention to your banking account, pay attention to how it will start breaking down your expenditures for you. 
If you go into your digital banking, it doesn't matter what bank you have, it'll give you the percentage of things that you're spending on food, on entertainment. All of this is in alignment for the new coming social credit score and CBDC. They're conditioning people in their accounts right now, preparing for this transition, which is going to come at a point when they finally they bankrupt the entire system. And as they bankrupt the system, then they're going to move everybody into this digital currency with a FedNow system that now is linking all the payments through the big six banks. And then you end up with a place where your money is now monitored, tracked, and controlled by an artificial intelligence that's making independent actions on your account. You won't have a person. It will just be a thing that is that's now tracking and deciding if you're a good or bad person, all based on your social credit score. And all of that will be linked into what you post, what you say, how you act, how you walk, how you talk. If you're going to be a good slave, then you're going to want to prepare everything you can, like our first piece we played, to meet, know how to be relevant in the new economy. Part of being relevant in the new economy, if you're really interested in living in these new 15-minute cities in this new future AI program, this is what I would cons- encourage you to try. Learn how to kiss somebody's butt and learn how to push a peanut down the freeway with your nose or whatever else they tell you to do because the only way you will survive is if you are a groveling slave. And if you can do those things really well, you'll be fantastic in the new economy. If you can't, then I'm sorry, I don't know that you have a good future. But, you know, what can I say? All comes down to comply or defy your choice. In other tragic news, this is what happens when you go against patriots. Yeah, I know, patriots, you're going to be sad to hear this. Bed Bath & Beyond is definitely going bankrupt. Bed Bath & Beyond, and also they are the parent company for Bye Bye Baby. They have filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and they're going to be closing all of their stores. What does this mean for you? Why am I doing this video? Well, I'm attorney Charles Laputka, a consumer bankruptcy attorney and consumer rights attorney in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And I want to let you know that this store is planning on going out of business. Oftentimes, a Chapter 11 bankruptcy is for reorganization, but this is for an orderly liquidation. What that means is that Bed Bath & Beyond and Bye Bye Baby are most likely going out of business, and they are probably closing in May. So what you need to do over the next six to eight weeks is to make sure that if you have any rewards points that you go use them. If you have any coupons, you go use them. If you have any gift cards, go use them. Patriots, I have another solution. Enjoy the decline, enjoy their collapse, and go buy a pillow. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time, when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. You know, and you know the promo code. It's Bards, B-A-R-D-S. Just head on over to MyPillow. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, 
and promo code BARDS. Hey, listen, so the reason I did that, in, other than it's fun, that's why, that's why Bed Bath & Beyond went bankrupt because they decided to boycott Mike Lindell and my pillow. And Patriots responded appropriately and said, hey, we don't need you. We don't need your damn markup. We'll go direct to source. We'll go to MyPillow, use some cool promo codes, and guess what? Bed, Bath & Beyond, out of business. So this is the continuing decline of the United States in the corporate in the corporate realm. Only caution I give you is that don't get overzealous about some of these small victories. We're definitely seeing some major impact as, we, as people shift their money away from buying at these these brands that have gone woke. We're seeing huge impact against, obviously, Bud Light and other Anheuser-Busch brands. We're seeing big impact on companies like Bed Bath & Beyond that decided to, they would go woke and boycott Mike Lindell. We saw some early impact years ago when the Kellogg's company decided to boycott Bright, Breitbart News and they lost five processing plants for doing cornflakes. The process, the problem is patriots have in a tendency not been loyal to their own boycotts. And so these corporations know that. They know that time is on their advantage. And as they work towards these new ESG scores, which is obviously environmental, social, and governance, which includes encouraging children to castrate themselves and mutilate themselves and turn themselves into transgender freaks and dependent on the pharmaceutical drug industry, which is heavily funded by the bigger money of ESG, which is coming out of BlackRock and Blackstone and Vanguard, then you're understanding what the bigger issue is here. There's about 57, 54, 57 trillion dollars in money sitting in a pool available for loans as they roll into this new ESG society, which is all social credit score based. So companies that have a high ESG score will be, will be able to get enormous funding. What you can expect is a moderation of some of this woke stuff. What they're doing with this woke agenda and the transgender freak stuff that they're pushing out there in their advertisement is conditioning the public to be more accepting of a policies and laws which will ultimately moderate back to a center point, and I guarantee Trump will be right on, on board with this, to make peace with America and to make America great again, we will come to mainstream and accept the transgender community and we'll get rid of the extremes and the two transgender community, which will be has been conditioned, brainwashed, and created by our teaching class and the conditioned, the concentration camps we call public schools. All of this will be embedded in our laws. And why is that important? Because the next step of that is giving rights to artificial intelligence and robotics in this new society that they want to build. Remember, they're trying to outsource jobs, destroy the middle class, create a two-tier system of poor and rich, and the in-between will be filled with robotics and AI that will manage the humans, the human cattle herds is what it is. So you got to keep this all in mind and in perspective. The only way through this is, one, to kind of lay low right now and prepare yourself to be completely a breakaway society. That means there's some rough roads ahead. It means absolute defiance, and it means non-compliance to anything they say. You have to become ungovernable. I can't stress that enough. We are dealing with an unfathomable evil. I want you to listen to this piece from Robert Kennedy Jr., who, if you didn't know, has put in his bid for presidency, for his presidential run. I don't know 
how that will work out with the insanity of our current political system. But I am encouraged by the fact that he's willing to do it. And to be honest with you right now, of all the people in the race, he's the one my eyes are on the most because I think he has, at least at this point, he's less politically wrapped up in kissing the butt of Big Pharma. Take a listen to this piece. Four companies that make all 72 of those vaccines, which is Pfizer, Merck, Glaxo, Merck, and Sanofi. Um, All of those companies are convicted felons. And not only that, they're serial felons. Their business model is committing felonies. These companies in the last 10 years collectively have paid $35 billion in penalties, damages, fines for falsifying science, for defrauding regulators, for lying to doctors, and for killing hundreds of thousands of people. Vioxx, which was Merck's yeah. flagship product, yeah. killed between 120,000 and 500,000 Americans. This was a pill that Merck was selling as a headache pill. Right. And Merck knew caused heart attacks and killed people, <sighs> and they didn't tell anybody. And they knew a certain, you know, we got the spreadsheets that show their bean counters, their accountants, and this is, you're going to kill so many people per dose, we can still make more money, even if they all sue us. And in the end, they killed, you know, up to half a million Americans, and they got away with it. They got, they paid $7 billion in fines, nobody went to jail. And this is, they probably you made know, hundred million in profits. Yeah. So this is a company. It requires kind of a cognitive dissonance to uh-huh. believe that these companies that are lying and cheating on every other pharmaceutical product, every other medical device that they create, are somehow found Jesus with vaccines and aren't lying to us. And the thing is with vaccines. Vaccines is the only place they could never get caught because it's illegal in this country to sue a vaccine company. He's dead on on that piece. You know, Robert Kennedy has got, I'm just saying, he's had some fairly strong liberal views. I am going to say this. He's been very transformed in the last few years. I will also tell you this, that I happen to know some of the people that are advising his campaign, very impressive folks, that are truly solid Americans. So keep your eye on him. Don't make early judgments on him yet at all. Um, He has been one of the greatest warriors out here at his political level against these big pharma folks, and he's taken some pretty brutal hits. So time will tell, but he's definitely um, something to take a look at. I keep seeing comments in chat. He supports the Green Deal. He's against guns. What did I just say? Pay attention to where he goes, not where he is, where he was three years ago. And I'm very serious about this because every single one of us has been transformed by what happened these last three years. Every one of us. And we've been transformed in ways we never thought possible. So before you start closing somebody down, pay attention to what he does, pay attention to where his platform goes and see what happens. But we will see where this goes. Not, and time will tell. But on the other side, I just want to point something out. The, the point is right now, this tech revolution is happening. And when we're looking at things like the Green Deal and we're looking at all of this green agenda stuff, this is all being driven by the same people that are driving the woke agenda, the ESG scores. 
All of this is about enslavement. It's been that way. They want it that way because it's the only way that they can keep humanity under control. If you have green energy, then you have chips and digital circuits. I've said this for the last four years, in fact, if you've listened to these shows. I was briefing big oil in Houston over these exact things when they were thinking big tech was not a big deal. And I was at some of their senior meetings telling them, you're in the face of a war and they're going to try to take away big oil to replace it with green tech because they get they can control a trillion dollar, multi-trillion dollar industry. And it's all about digital controllers. That's what all this is. Everything's about control through digital chips and AI. So if you're looking at an agenda like the Green Deal and you think that someone's not going to support it like Trump, you're fooling yourself. Everybody's going to get on board this Green New Deal in one fashion or another because it all has to do with the major investment areas in this world, which include quantum computing, AI, blockchain, and digital currencies. This is where everything is going. So if you want to believe in the political system that anybody in there is going to fix it, I'm just pointing out, like when I say Robert Kennedy, he's an interesting voice. I don't know how he's going to compete or win in this race. We haven't even fixed 2020 yet, and we're already starting to talk about elections in 2024. It's a fool's game. And if it's going to be between two candidates, Biden or Trump, and Trump happens to win 2024, it, and nothing's been fixed, then that means it was rigged. It's that simple. So pay attention to the bigger issues here. The only way we are going to get through this is to create a breakaway economy. And that's something Andrew Torba's talking about. I'm talking about Mike, uh, Mike Adams is talking about. This is the only way we're going to do it. And the way that's going to happen is going to be in, in, in different types of technologies that will assist in that. But ultimately, everybody's going to have to suck up their belt strings and get a little tough what's coming because it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to learn to recycle, rebuild, remake, fix, repair, and not, and not have to be reliant on new things. You have to grow your own food and, and become very fo local focused, and you're going to have to live a little bit differently. That's a given in where we're going. But this economy that we're seeing is going to be bankrupted. Everything about it is lining up to be bankrupted. And they're doing that for multiple reasons. If you want to look at it from the lens of a from God's lens, everything would have to be bankrupted in order for this to be a place of a more kingdom-driven society because we're living under a Babylonian structure. From their position, they want chaos. Bankrupted, bankrupted and then raise up the new quote kings that will rule the world and bring great prosperity in a new golden age, which is just another part of their masonic satanic garbage that they're doing to create artificial gods on earth. That's what this is where this is going. So the war is on, is before us. Now in other news that I'm sure will just break your heart, the far left wing Vice News is preparing to file bankruptcy. That just brought a tear to my eye today. I couldn't tell you how badly. One of the best headlines today came out of uh, with the Guardian, Britons need to accept that they're poorer, says the Bank of England economist as they also notified the, <laughs> I can't even do this with a straight face, as they also notified all the Brits that King Charles' coronation was going to cost them $100 million. So be poor, but fund your fake king. That's what I want you to do. The, the Brits, you know, we love you. I'm just going to say it, you over in UK, we love you. But your obsession of a human king is, is on par 
with getting yourself castrated or trying to turn yourself into a girl or a boy when you're not. In other words, it's stupid. Quit worshiping your king, oust the damn thing, save the money, get back to being people, and learn from the principles of what our founding fathers fought for, which was to break from the monarchy and to establish a free republic, which we didn't quite accomplish that. We're still working on it. But nonetheless, that's the whole thing. Now, and the war on cash continues, and it continues relentlessly. We are, they want cash out of the system. So watch this neat little thing. They've now come up with new ATM machines. They're cashless ATMs. This is what's interesting about it. What you do is you bring your cash to the machine, you type in what you need in terms of how much you have. So if you have $20, $50, whatever, and you put it into the machine and it spits out a digital credit card for you. That's right. And you now can use that to shop anywhere that accepts MasterCard or Visa. All of this is designed to strip cash out of the system. They want cash away from you, out of your hands, no transaction medium, so that they can continue to prepare for the transition into the new cashless society with only digital currency. Now, when the banks are telling you, as they are, that the economy's strong, don't worry about it. Well, what they're actually telling you is in the new digital world that's coming, we have a greater ability to print money out of nothing, and we will continue to make your life miserable and you slaves. All you have to do is agree with what we say. But the greater, the greater threats are looming. A couple of these. One, there's a copper shortage, which is no surprise. China has been stockpiling copper for years, and we don't have any mines in this country anymore. Every, almost everything's been shut down thanks to the environmentalists, even though the new technologies for mining are far superior and far greater to protecting the environment than ever. But that whole plan and agenda was launched back in the late 70s to collapse the mining industry in our nation and to leave us dependent on foreign interests. While we go rape and pillage the rest of the world, support warlords in Central Africa and, and use slave labor in China to provide what we want, these countries are getting smarter as they pivot off the dollar and they're continuing to hoard their resources because so much of the new economies in the BRICS nation is resource-based, commodities-based to back these digital currencies. China has for years been stockpiling ore and they've been using, the manufacturers have been stock as an example, using copper, they've been stockpiling copper and then they would use that as a leverage or collateral for the loans to grow their business. China's economy, though, even though they're moving to BRICS nation, is no better off than the West. In fact, their, de their debt ratio is much higher than the United States, and they are teetering. So there's, there's a lot of global concern right now of what economies are going to survive if there is a full implosion. But all that said, we also have another major looming crisis, and you've heard me talk about this before, but we are literally getting very close to seeing a complete, total ecological collapse in our main farming belt in the United States. You're not hearing this discussed much. What's at the root of it? Topsoils. They have been mining and destroying and stripping our topsoils now for decades, and we're using petrochemicals and herbicides and pesticides as the central piece with genetically modified seeds to continue boosting this production as we see a depletion of the health and nutrition of the crop and an increase in just the bulk of the crop. The result has been an overall degradation of human health, and now we're looking at a crisis in terms of soils. Some people are saying that we are one growth cycle away 
from seeing a total collapse in the main body of the of the American bread belt. That should concern everybody. When that happens, you're going to see a shortage and a famine like you've never imagined before. The main places it will hit will be the cities. If No matter where you are, especially if you're in, in a rural area with a bit of land, you need to be growing food. And I know I say this a lot. It's a centerpiece to our county by county, but there's no time to waste. We're in the growing season now. You should be getting plants in the ground. You should be already have your beds dug. You should be ready to start planting and continue that aggressively. And you should be making plans for whatever you're doing to be growing year round, whatever that takes, whether it's greenhouses, whether it's growing indoors, I don't care, but you need to make those those preparations. And you need to be planning this year of buying local canning and storing. These crises are real. These aren't panic things. They aren't fear porn of any fashion. They're very, very real crises based on the failure of the this sort of cabal economy that we've been living under. And it's all ultimately by design. They want to collapse the system to force people again. What are they trying to do? herd people into these new cities. But before you get there, you're going to have to have chaos and violence, which we're seeing a massive increase in in every single city across the nation. And it will get worse, much worse. And they want that. I just spoke to with a friend tonight that was out in Nashville. And he made the comment to me that locally there, people have been pleading with him not to go to downtown Nashville at night because it's that dangerous. I'm just giving, this is a person I trust implicitly, but we're seeing that across the nation. The cities are being run more and more by gangs and by thugs. In in Texas today, they had a high school students decide to attack a vice principal that was trying to break up a fight. The vice principal or teacher, whoever it was, is now in the hospital. Oh, and I just thought I'd say this. Um, it, once again, it, it, was, uh, it was definitely not white driven, if that gives you anything. This is all black students. I'm really, this is something I'm going to point out. And if, if this offends somebody racially, I really don't care. But the fact of the matter is the majority of the violence in the United States is emanating from the black youth right now. And this should be concerning because it's not where it's going to be very easy for people to point their finger and say that this is a racial issue. But this has been long in the build and long in the development. Black culture was much more stable before welfare. And then since they've done that and they've increased the abortion rates in black culture, they've decimated black culture. Whatever it was and as stable and as a family unit, it is broken now. But worse than this is what we know they've already done in Africa. They have used the 5G frequency to create full riots and not just riots, but civil wars, Rwanda. And that's the CIA operation there where they used airborne platforms using 5G frequency to create such anger and agitation among the tribes there that they were literally went to the point of using machetes against each other. I'm bringing this up because I'm highly suspect that the reason that we're seeing one specific group of people being highly agitated, especially the youth, and becoming increasingly violent, which they are, is because we're probably seeing some sort of targeted frequency war targeted at them with a biology science that they've already well mastered in the continent of Africa. So we need to get to the core of that. And in the meantime, since white people can't officially speak about black people other than the way I do, which always pushes the line, black folks, you got to pull your shit together and get out and fix your youth because it's a problem. It's the bottom line. Because it's only going to lead to greater things, and it's a responsibility that since they want everybody divided by race, then people need to start taking 
their responsibilities and dealing with that. That's just the reality of where we are. But this violence is continuing to increase, and we're seeing it. All of this is towards this overall societal bankruptcy, which they're pushing. And this societal bankruptcy increases every single day. Institutional bankruptcy, we're looking at ecological bankruptcy, and of course, moral bankruptcy. Right on top of that, of course, we couldn't miss a moment in any night talking about the pedo insanity. Take a listen to this report about Oregon. Does anyone else remember the story about the Oregon pub that hosted a drag show featuring an 11-year-old drag performer and bragging that they were here to show you what an 11-year-old drag queen can do? Well, that child's drag kid mentor was just sentenced to a year in an Oregon jail for 11 counts of child sexual abuse charges. 31-year-old Kelsey Bourne, who is a former elementary school teaching assistant, is being charged with creating and distributing child pornography. As disgusting as this is, it shouldn't surprise us. Not to mention the fact that Kelsey went by the drag name Always Craving Kink. Opposing children on drag has never been about anti-LGBTQ. It's about opposing predatory adults who are using the pride flag as a shield to prey on children exactly like we're seeing here. This is the other war that's going on, which obviously is aggressive, and it's towards the children. Pay attention to it because part of moral bankruptcy is to create trauma within the youth. And the trauma within the youth is created by mainstreaming pedophilia. These groomers, these pedophiles are, are becoming more and more visible. Now, here's an interesting story from Ocala, Florida. And I, well, I guess I shouldn't say these words. I'll just pretend I didn't say this is an encouraging story. And we'll, you'll pretend I didn't say that. And this is what the story is. So apparently a judge um, ruled that a pedophile that was down there was actually agreed with the pedophile that said he was an un... A, uh, an underprivileged class that was being taken advantage of by the system. And so the pedophile was let off. Well, that's not the end of the story because the pedophile's decapitated body was found on the judge's doorstep a few weeks later. People are getting fed up. They are truly at their wits end and they are starting to take action in their own hands. And this is where we have to continue to keep a very strong focus on the moral line of this, because this is the sort of stuff as that can easily spill over and become rampant and, and random violence as people become angry and, un, and inappropriately focused and unhinged from the rock of faith. I have no mercy on pedophiles. It's clear and biblically where they stand. They've deserved the millstone. And we need to be very clear that there is a penalty for damaging and harming the little ones. End of story. No discussion, no mercy, and no leniency. It's just the way it is. When you go after them as a predator, you're going to have to end up having the fate of any sort of predator, just like on a farm, a ranch, anything. That's just it, okay? The victims of this are the ones we have to really be careful with, and we have to, be, have to find a heart for I'm going to play this piece. I played it earlier today. This is by Matt Walsh. I'm playing it for a couple of reasons. We are dealing with a youth that is deeply corrupted by the thinking of these professors. Our greatest problem is not just mainstream media, but it is the teachers in this nation. They have been grown up. Many of these teachers have grown up within the system of believing that in this liberal socialist communist world that they want to believe in, everybody is equal and free and good, and they have a very con very strange concept that God is completely forgiving and loving. Well, this has created a complete bizarre understanding of the world, and you're going to hear in here what happens when we unhinge a society from a root and faith 
and anchored in a moral base, a moral law of God. Matt Walsh handles this brilliantly, and I want you to hear it. He keeps a level head, but he is on point all the way through this. But this is a sort of insanity he's dealing with on a daily basis. Footnote on this, Matt Walsh has been aggressively attacked by the trans community. They have doxed him, they have hacked him, they have even doxed his family and his address, and they've sent death threats in mass to him and threatening to kill and rape his children. Matt's response is, I will never bow to you, I will never stop doing what I'm doing, and I will always stand up against you because you're morally wrong, and he's absolutely dead on. So take a listen to this. So you're saying a trans man has the brain of a woman? No. I'm saying that a trans man who identifies as a man will tend to have similar brain structure that a cis man would. And where did you get that from? Look it up. I, it's okay. literally, I, I'm telling you, I learned it from my anatomy class when I was I, 16. And I looked up the fact before I walked up here because I knew that you would ask. Okay. Um, that's not true, but it also doesn't answer the question. So let, let's try to stay focused on one false claim at a time if we can, because we, we might get bogged down. Okay. So you said, you actually started by saying that blocking puberty, which is chemical castration of a child. Just, is, just one example, yeah. Yeah, is life-saving. It can be. How do you know? Because there are children who have been suicidal that have had these interventions made. What children? How do you, how do you know? And how, how many children have had that done me personally, and then I are haven't still suicidal? Me personally, I haven't met enough trans children to answer that question. You, okay. But I know you that are the making, research exists. You're making this statement. You're stating it as a fact in front of all these people. There must be a reason. There must be something that you encountered that, that led you to this rather radical conclusion that to save a child's life, you have to chemically castrate him. Not Lupron, every child. No, sir. Okay. Well, that is what you just said. The drugs we give to kids for, for puberty blockers, so-called puberty blockers, originally are, are cancer drugs used to treat prostate cancer. They're also used to chemically castrate sex offenders and child rapists. Now we give them to physically healthy kids. You're saying that we need to do that or they will die. And so one last time I'm going to ask you, what evidence do you have of that remarkable claim? I don't think I claimed that every child would benefit from that. Well, no, I didn't uh, say you did. And, okay. You, you well, said you, puberty no, you blockers did. are you you did. Said uh, puberty blockers are life saving. What evidence do you have they, for that? They can be. Um, so, the evidence you know? is the encounters with patients who have had these procedures done and it has saved their I don't want to say it saved their lives, but it has made their lives better. I can't confirm whether or not they're alive right this second, but there are children that it has helped. So what do you have to say for the happy trans community who has benefited from these procedures? That's my well, question I guess what I have you. to say is that your entire question is built on a whole stack of false premises that you, that you can't begin to even remotely defend. So uh, I, it's, it is a, it's a faulty question from the start. I, I reject your premise. I, I absolutely reject that there are any kids who need to be chemically castrated in order to be happy. Okay, 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 let's. I reject that. So in a typical way, as she is of, of the product of the left, she can't hold her argument and she's going to find every way to try to slip out of it. The tragedy in what this is, is there's actually a belief they don't run the logic stream through that if you castrate children, they will be happier. I find that phenomenal and phenomenal from the point of insane. 
I've never imagined that insanity would become mainstream to the level it would. Phenomenal to the lack of brain power that we have developed in the cognitive capacities that have been so deeply diminished. But we have to be very careful where all this goes. Everything that they're doing is setting a precedent for a slippery slope to start looking at this in terms of a genetic issue when in fact it is not. And that gives them justification to do just about anything. Do you think people can be born gay? No, I don't. And it's and there's no conclusive evidence uh, to that. Point. Wow, you know, you know, a lot of gay people say they were born that way. They said that, you know, you're saying a lot of murderers say they were born murderers. Mm -hmm. A lot of pedophiles say they were born pedophiles. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to say there's a gay gene, we're going to have to open up the conversation and say that there's a pedophile gene, which means if I molest children, I shouldn't go to jail because after all, it was in my DNA. What did I be say careful about opening up one I, door. You got to open up all them doors. What did I say? But no, hold on. Being a pedophile is illegal. Being a homosexual is not illegal. This is organization. Is called the North American Association for Man and Boy Love. They're right. trying to normalize and legalize pedophilia. Oh, yeah, blow them up it's right on the now. internet. We, North we American it, no, Association. That sounds crazy. No, oh my goodness. In no, fact, no. it's already been predicted that when the next DSM comes out, pedophilia will be normal behavior. We need to drop a Remember, homosexuality right was once mental illness up until 74. They changed it in 74. Some people thought homosexuality would never be considered normal in 74. But it was never illegal. It was never illegal. But here's the thing. Once you say something is normal, it's easy to make it legal. Once you say something is normal, it's easy to say something is legal. And that's the whole premise of what they're doing right now. Everything is gearing towards creating this society of complete pluralism. And that's part of the bankruptcy of everything social, cultural, financial, institutional, period. Our churches have gotten on board in mass with this woke garbage. You're seeing churches across the nation celebrating the idea of a trans pulpit. The sickness is infested everywhere, and it's a good reason, and it's a good indication of why so many people are trying to find faith, are finding faith, not within the dead stone walls, but out in other communities, like in Bards Nation. And it's growing, and we have to continue to encourage it to grow, because we are truly the front line of this fight. We are dealing with an unbelievable enemy, an enemy that is willing to do anything and everything it can to keep a permanent scar on humanity so that they, no matter if they win or lose this particular battle, they will be able to resurge over time by using those that are emotionally and spiritually wounded. They are try trying to wound as many souls as possible right now. And at the center of all of this, I'm going to tell you, it's a very principal issue that's happened in our world. Now, it isn't, just, it isn't about just people seeking faith or people going to church or not going to church. Principally, nobody's reading the Bible anymore. People don't spend the time in the Word. And with this, you get all sorts of strange and crazy aberrations of what God is, God isn't. People haven't spent time in the book. People, I'm going to tell you, patriots, it is so important that we encourage that. If you, I've said this before, but in your preps, for example, get a case of Bibles to hand, hand to people. Have them available and be ready because... Right now, we're also seeing that as people are stepping away from this world of plurality, and I'm giving these folks a lot of credit, people that have been atheists and agnostics are putting up testimonies to the fact that they just can't deal with this anymore because there is no foundation of truth. And in so doing, they are pivoting now towards Scripture and spending time reading in the Bible. We need to encourage more of this. Our world has really spun out of control, and in what we're witnessing here truly is a world that is driven by Romans 1, 18 to 32, where literally God gave them up for worshiping the creature rather than the creator. 
And it is a group of people, as is described in this, that were filled with a manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetedness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliceness, maliciousness, gossip, sit, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient. All of these things are part of this culture which we are witnessing. And this is what happens when a world, a particular society, steps away from God and tries to walk on their own in the desert. We become vulnerable to the demonic and, and to all the influences of evil. And right now, the influences of evil, whether you want to, if you, whether you're one that advocates for or believes in demonic or not, you cannot deny that this government is pure evil. So if it's evil and it's having influence over somebody, fill in the blanks. There's a demonic force at play because we are ultimately spiritual beings. We have to fight back in this on a one-to-one -one level. And it's very simple in the principles of fighting back. We've talked about a lot of mechanisms to get there. Sourdough revolution, sharing bread, breaking bread, sowing seeds, sharing your bounty and, and, and encouraging the building of neighborhoods. Doing right work, building things and doing work with your, with your gifts and talents to create something for the world that is centered around what God has given you to do. All of these things are a form of powerful ministry and discipleship. But at the end of the day, the critical piece that we have to get back to is the word. And that's what the Bible's there for. It used to be that people read the Bible every day, even if it's a passage a day. But now we have people going to church to listen to what the Bible says. And there's not a lot of deep looking into what the scriptural says. And with that, we will re-embrace a fundamental issue of scripture, which is we need to re-embrace the power of the supernatural God, the power of prayer, the power of healing, the power of casting out demons. These are things and tasks that are given to us that are not some sort of crazy fringe belief. It's what the center point of the church used to be and needs to be now. And the church is in our heart at these point in these days. We are in a crazy time, a time when government finds itself more interested in finding out about us than letting us know who they are. We are in a crazy time when we fund everybody else around the world except our problems here at home. We don't police our house. We worry about everybody else's problem. And, that, and it's amazing how many Americans look that way. They look outwards rather than inwards. I've said this many times, and I know it runs. I have had too many conversations to tell you how many excuses I'm given and how many about this and how many people tell me I'm wrong. But we are far more interested in supporting a missionary mission into Central Africa, South, South America, and China than we are in sending missionaries into our inner cities and our schools and fixing the problem here because it's not sexy, because people don't want to think that we're that broken. We are worse than broken at this point in time as a nation. And that remnant, this remnant is building that God has, it has been speaking to and standing strong. We are the foundations of action. But we have to take the action. We can't just sit by and wait for the angels to arrive and God to say it's all better. We're, that for, we're the point of the spear. And in doing that, it doesn't mean you have to be out in the middle of the fight with, with your sword of steel, but you need to be out there with your sword of spirit, talking, engaging, and sharing that love of Christ every day. That changes the world. Prayer changes the world. And as we put those things together, we are carrying the most powerful instruments we can in this war. And we can change it. But we have to have the faith that we can. And two, we have to declare the authorities that were given to us. And three, we need to be listening to what God leads us to do. 
That's the intimacy in God. Unfortunately, way too many people lack the true relationship and intimacy with Father God. And it's sad because it becomes just a process for many. I need to go to church. That's an obedience thing. I sit in a pew. I listen to the word, what the pastor tells me. That's all there is. And then I go on my merry way. And then next week I'll get refilled. Living, the breathing, the word is a daily, hourly, second-by-second relationship. And when we live and breathe that way, we become the, the, the connection people have. They see us, they witness us, and it isn't our words that they are drawn to. That's the way we are in the presence of the world. We become the city of the light with the light on the hill. We can change all of this. All this debauchery that we're seeing, it's a fallen world. And the way I see fallen is with every bit of fallen, there's opportunities to rebuild. The hardest place to rebuild is when you have the city, it's shiny silver gold and everybody's dazzled by all the metal and the glitter. But when you're, everything is falling apart is the greatest opportunity to seize the day, carpe diem, and literally raise up and conquer the evil. But evil's counting on something right now. It's counting on people believing that there is no other way than the way it's telling people to go. For all the time that people spend listening to this garbage and believing digital currency is coming, trying to quote Revelation, it's going to be the mark of the beast. We can't get out of it. Here it comes. This is it. Where is the voice saying, I don't comply? The problem is that the trap, like I've talked about many times, which is the trap of the narrative, which is equally bad within the Christian community. There's a determined end here. There's a decision that there's no stopping what's coming. The mark of the beast is here. Why is that even so? Satan has no greater power than God. We're the children of the Most High. Why is that? For those that don't believe in him, I can understand that fall. For those that don't, don't believe in God, don't believe in Jesus, I understand that fall. But for the believers in Christ to be able to be, to be in a place of repair, repeating the narrative that we're in the mark of the beast and it's the end of times, that's pure foolish play. We are the, the sons and daughters of the Most High. We have the authority over all evil. We have dominion over them. And it is our responsibility to move through this, to overcome this, and to be the overcomers and to lead the many out of this. And when we do that, we are truly doing kingdom work. So where I see us going is far different than others, perhaps. I don't believe in this terministic terminal end, deterministic terminal end, where they're literally saying to us, it's only one way forward. I'm saying, no, there isn't. And people say, well, what is the answer then? How are you going to get through it? And this is my answer every time. I don't have those answers. God does. But my faith is so great. And I know that why God has me here. Of all the times in the world to possibly be born and to live into, the greatest moment of transformation is right now. And when we are living in that moment, we truly have one of the greatest opportunities to live because he has us here intentionally. So I look at this and I say, I don't know if I have all the answers, but I know this. I'm going to follow where God wants me. He'll keep me protected, and I will fight like a ferocious lion in the midst of this. And whether or not I see the end of this fight in my lifetime is irrelevant. I will not comply to what they are telling me I have to do, and I will not believe their narrative. I will listen to Father God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time we come together. We thank you for the blessings of the fellowship that we have. 
a humbled moment we have each day together and multiple times a day that you've provided for us in an amazing gathering place that continues to grow and continues to prosper. Father, today we start with a prayer for our nation, a prayer that we know through the powers and authorities given to us, which we declare that we have an effect over the destiny of this nation. So, Father, we pray for a nation that will return to the love in you, a love in Jesus and through Christ to you, Father, a nation that will heal itself and humble itself before you, a nation that will be in such a way, in such a state that it will stop following the narratives of evil and that instead of hearing the narratives of evil, they'll just hear chaos, negativity, and pain. And in the seeking of trying to find a solution, they'll find the many pieces of the remnant those people that are walking with Christ, be inspired by that and to put their eyes on you and as a nation turn to you. Father, we declare that today, that this nation will turn to you. We declare that that this nation will heal their hearts and open their hearts to Jesus. And we declare in this moment that this nation will not continue the walk off the cliff to this digital AI superculture of nightmare, but rather return to a simpler path, Jeremiah 6.16, to seek the ancient paths and to return to you. Bless us and guide us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Believe in the power of prayer. Believe in the power of what we can deliver to this fight. We're here for this reason in this time. It's not a joke. It's not said lightly. And we have been given authorities greater than them, These fools that run this world understand that. They understand that we have greater authority than they do. They understand that if they can convince us to live in misery, we will live in misery. And the whole world will become their playground. I I openly declare that's not going to be my walk. And I openly defy anything they put before us. And whatever becomes, becomes. Because we know already that we have a place made for us with the sacrifice of Jesus. But other than that, we have a fight to do every day, a deep one, an aggressive one, a a fight that's relentless and, and constant to push this evil back and to awaken others and to bring them to Christ. And in doing so, we transform this world. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces 
we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist, we pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 